Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated, and uh, I'm excited to be with you this morning. I know that uh, uh, that uh, we're kind of in the middle of the COVID hurricane right now, and uh, we just honor where people are at, and um, and it, we're, but we're excited that you're here, and uh, so. Pastor Jared and I just got back from Pastors University, and we had an amazing time uh, sharing life and faith with other pastors all across the nation. I want you to know that your brothers and sisters in Christ all across the nation are going through similar things that you're going through, um, and churches are going through similar things that we're going through as a congregation. Uh, we've been in a, a series called Signs of Christmas. This is number two. Uh, finding faith, and um, then next weekend we will have a candlelight service. We're going to do that by house church, so it's a good time to reach out to people and invite them, family and friends, house church members, people that are looking for a place to go, and I believe it'll be a special time of sharing life and sharing faith, which has been my big deal of um, in all of this mess that we're in is, Lord, how do we continue to share life and faith, Right? How many of you guys think we ought to be continuing to share life and faith during this time? And so uh, that's our goal. And so I want to welcome the, um, the live stream. If you're with us via camera or TV or whatever that is, bless you. Some of you may be in your jammies. I bless you in Jesus' name. Some of you on the live stream, you may not have brushed your teeth yet. Bless you in Jesus' name. And you haven't done your hair, I bless you. You look like death warmed over. I bless you in Jesus' name. Some of you are in house churches. I bless you in Jesus' name. And we have some are in our at-risk group, which I do want to advertise again. Our at-risk group, the, the goal of our at-risk group, they do meet here at the building, but they meet separate from the rest of us. And the goal of our at-risk group is that they don't even get exposed. But it is uh, meant to be a way to still meet together in such a way that you don't get exposed, but it is better than staying home without brushing your teeth and without getting dressed. And so we, you know, so we want to advertise our at-risk group. And from those that are attending, they are saying it is better than staying home. So if you want an option to come and still mingle with people, gain the strength of meeting with other believers in Christ, but not getting exposed, we want to advertise that ministry. Travis and Patricia um, Hilton are in charge of that ministry, and most of you know that Patricia is the most at-risk person we have at Abundant Life. So we don't want her to even get exposed. So we want to welcome you there, and um, uh, I want to launch with this verse in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Emmanuel is a special name that we often emphasize in the Christmas season. It's an amazing name because God's solution to every problem we've got is, I will be with you. Come on now. That's God's solution is, I will be with you. He never promises to take away all of our problems, never promises to solve all our problems. He just says, I'll be with you through it all. And so, matter of fact, Jesus kind of promised that uh, we would have problems on this earth. And so that's okay. So Emmanuel, for the sake of this morning, is a name that was given to God's people to help build faith. And that's what we're talking about this morning is finding faith. And so it was originally given to this ungodly king in Israel named Ahaz, and the poor guy had no faith. 
And so he was facing problems that were very big problems, like invading armies and foreign alliances that were going to come against him. And the poor guy had no faith to deal with these problems. So the prophet Isaiah had uh, a word of, of faith to give him, and it was Emmanuel. And that was an attempt to build faith in this ungodly king. Now, how many of you know that even God even wants ungodly people to have the gift of faith to help them with their problems? A few of you know that. The rest of you aren't so sure. We understand that. But he does. God wanted this ungodly king Ahaz to find faith to help deal with his problems. And then it became then a, a sign that God regave, regifted. Now, you know some of you are going to do this. You've gotten a gift and you intend on regifting it. God is, he, he took that sign that he gave Ahaz and he re-gifted it to the, to the first century Israel. And he said, it's going to be Emmanuel. Again, those poor people, they had no faith. They were a conquered people. Uh, they, were, they were heavily taxed. The Roman government was, was, um, was you know, cruel to them and oppressing them. And they had no faith. And so Emmanuel was given to them again. It was a re-gift of the same thing to give them the gift of faith. It came in the person of Jesus Christ this time. And first one was it came in the person of Hezekiah, a godly king. Then it came, this time it's coming in the person of Jesus Christ, the king of kings. And then we in America, in our American church, we are again oppressed and defeated by the pandemic and the politics and the COVID disease. And we've got no faith again. People have no faith. The American church is devoid of faith. But God is regifting this same word again to help build faith in us again. And so he's, he, Emmanuel is for us today. God is with us. Now, what I want to try and do this morning is look at the life and the story of Joseph. And I want to look through his eyes this morning because I feel I'm better equipped to tell the story from Joseph's side rather than from Mary's side. I feel like that if I was going to tell the story from Mary's side and describe what it would be like to, you know, say yes to the Holy Spirit and have a get impregnated by the Holy Spirit. I would need my wife to tell that story. <laughs> because I have no idea what that would be like. I don't even know what it's like to go through labor. Uh, we've had three children, but I'll just be honest with you. I'm not sure I was the best coach through all that process. I mean, you know, when my wife went through a 17-hour labor to have one of our children... I was in love with Susie Q's at that time in my life. So I'd say, honey, you're doing okay? She said, yeah, I'm doing okay. I said, I'm going to go get a Susie Q. I'd go down and get a Susie Q, come back, you know. How you doing, honey? Oh, you know, and having another labor. Well, you know, hold her hand, eating that Susie Q, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so let me try and tell this from the vantage point of Joseph. And uh, in order to do that, I want to use um, an example of something that has become very popular in our culture. And 
It's this series called The Mandalorian, and what's really popularized the series is Baby Yoda. Now, how many of you know who Baby Yoda is? Now, no, okay, I feel like that some of you need to get clued in about who this is. This is very important. Just to tell you, it's become so popular that um, when the Disney app used it to build their online streaming system, it broke Disney down. I'm talking about so many people tried to watch this show that, that it broke the whole system down for a week. And then when season two came out this fall, it broke it again. My wife and I, I got a commitment out of my watch, my wife to actually watch Baby Yoda. And as we went to watch it, we couldn't access it because the Disney app was broken down with too many people wanting to follow the story of Baby Yoda again. We understand that. That's good. So um, we're going to use Baby Yoda as an example, and we're going to use the Mandalorian as an example to help us identify with what was going on. Just, if, if you're unfamiliar, just, I'll just, just give you a, a synopsis. Mandalorian is a bounty hunter. He's a mean dude. He has no problem killing people. He has no problem collecting people, collecting the bounty on them, turning them in. And he got this assignment to, um, to go get this high-prized bounty, and when he discovered it, it was Baby Yoda. Put that picture back up there. It was Baby Yoda. So, so this, he didn't know this was the prize, but that was this high-prized bounty. And so he captured this bounty, and he turned this bounty in. And um, when he turned the bounty in, he collected his, his prize, but his heart started breaking for Baby Yoda. And then what happened is the Mandalorian converted from a bounty hunter into Yodaism. <laughs> and so what happened was then, uh, you know what happens after you go through a conversion experience is all of a sudden all your values change. Your priorities change. And he went from values and priorities to collect these bounties and kill anybody you've got to kill, step on anybody you've got to step on in the process, to living his whole life around protecting baby Yoda. Now that's called a conversion right there. That's a genuine conversion marked by repentance. And so we're on season two right now, and um, he's living that out. Now, the reason I bring it up here is that he was, at one point in the journey, he was struggling with his newfound commitment to Yodaism. And uh, he was starting to complain about it. You know, sometimes people that get converted to Yodaism start complaining. Because this journey in Yodaism is harder than they thought it would be. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? This journey in Christianity is a little harder than they thought it was going to be. And so he was complaining to a mentor of his, and the mentor said, well, now that you have taken this little thing in, your responsibility is to keep it safe and raise it until you can get it back to its parents. And he was complaining. He said, are you kidding me? He said, you mean I got to spend the rest of my life either raising this thing or uh, or finding its parents to give it back to? And his mentor said these words, this is the way. 
Now, if you've been following the story with me, you know the response to that. So let's practice it here for those of you who have been following. Every time I say, this is the way, you have a response to give. And what is that response? We've got a few people that understand the response. Now, we're going to do that throughout the entire message because I'm here to tell you this is the way. Now, some of you, you're using too much inflection. Mandalorians, they don't use inflection. They say it with hard, cold determination. So I don't, know, I don't want no women's voices using some inflection in this thing. It's this is the way. This is the way. Okay, that's right. Hard, cold determination. I'm dedicated to this code of living. Well, Joseph was dedicated to this hard, cold code of living. And so, you know what Joseph had to deal with, and we're going to get into all of this, some of this in the message. You know, Joseph had to marry a woman that was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, and that means that he's not the one that gave that woman the baby. And yet he was challenged with protecting her, and he was challenged with raising that baby. This is the way. Come on, we're going to get into that. Now, honey, I felt like you used too much inflection. It, it, you haven't watched the show yet, so it, it's meant to be with level conviction. Okay, so it's, it's level conviction. And uh, I want to challenge you, uh, by the way, on the live stream, I know you're not participating, so I, know you to, I, I, I need you to be saying it as well. It's going to help you in, in the message. So, you know, then the next thing that happens is that Joseph finds the local king wants to kill the baby. And that means that Joseph has to move over to Egypt to escape this local king. The only way I can describe that, that would be like us because our local governor is trying to kill our baby in America. We have to go to some place we didn't want to be a part of, like nobody wanted to go to Egypt. And so it would be like moving to communist China to raise that baby uh, in the first years of its life because your local governor is trying to kill it. This is the way. That's how committed that he was to this assignment that God gave him. So this is the way to find faith in Jesus. And we're just going to go through the story that happened, and we're going to look through Joseph's eyes. By the way, if you kind of want to read these, what you can see is that Luke is going to tell the story through Mary's eyes. Matthew's going to tell the story through Joseph's eyes. So depending on which way you want to look at this thing, you guys know that depending on whose eyes you look through, you get a different view. Does everybody understand that? Can anybody apply that to the mess we're in with COVID? Depending on whose eyes you look through, you get a different view. Just apply that and it's going to help you minister to people. So this is the way to find faith in Jesus. So we're reading in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to go through the story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, they were engaged. Before they came together, what that means is before they consummated the engagement and the marriage, and, um, and had sexual union before they came together. I love these words. She was found. She was found 
to be with child from the Holy Spirit. She was found. Now, I'm here to tell you, in their culture, getting found to be with child by the Holy Spirit would not have been a popular thing. It would have been a very negative thing because how many of you know that what God whispers to one person, He doesn't whisper to another person? What that means is, is that she knew she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The Lord knew, but nobody else knew. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So the principle we draw from this when we're looking through the eyes of Joseph is this. Suffering comes before success. This is the way. Suffering before success. And if you want to succeed in your faith in Jesus Christ, this is the way to succeed. Now, I want to look through the eyes of Joseph and just imagine, men, this is going to mean more to you than to women, not probably. Men, I want you just to imagine, all right? You come from a respectable family, praise the Lord, from the line of Judah, praise the Lord. That's a ruling tribe, praise the Lord. It was the most successful tribe, amen. You're betrothed to a, uh, a beautiful a successful woman who is keeping herself pure. Amen. The family's respectable. Amen. You got a business. Amen. It's all going good. And then your fiance is found to be pregnant, not by you. That's like a wrecking ball coming into your future. Because you're not just dealing with your heart and your decisions, you're dealing with what your mom thinks, what your dad thinks, what her mom thinks, what your uncle thinks, what Aunt Jemima thinks. I mean, you know, you're, you're dealing with it all. You know what I'm saying? She was found to be with child by someone that was not his. And you know how that goes. First thing you're thinking is, you're not thinking the Holy Spirit did this thing. Come on now. So there's been a wrecking ball come into your future. And an application for today that I would bring is this. Suffering before success is when either God allows or brings unexpected circumstances into your life. Now, how many of you enjoy unexpected circumstances in your life? No, we put a plan together, we got goals, and we're going to achieve those goals, by golly. And so the Lord then allows or He actively brings unexpected circumstances into our lives. And those things are often like a wrecking ball into our future. I remember when my wife and I um, first decided to get pregnant, praise the Lord. We were filled with great faith. And so we decided to have our first child. And, uh, you know, we were in no way financially ready. I, it, it, it's comical to me to watch young people to 
planned out these days about, well, I need to get a, I need to get a house and I need to get a good job and I need to get this and get that and get, get all my ducks in a row. I'm like, we never thought any of that. We just said, want a baby? Yeah, we want a baby. Let's have a baby. And, uh, and so we just, we just did that and, and uh, had a baby. But, um, but that, our first child ended up in ICU for 10 days. My wife was five weeks early. And on top of that, she had a C-section, so it was rough. I mean, I won't, I won't, it, it was difficult because the person who has the most emotions is not allowed to see the baby. They whisk your baby away. Baby's in ICU, can't leave ICU. In ICU, things get worse before they get better. Um, and, uh, and so we would go visit and then, um, you know, and then, the baby's laying there in an incubator and they tell you not to touch the baby. You're visiting and you're not supposed to touch the baby. And so you don't touch the baby. And then finally, after things start reversing just a little bit, then they let you hold the baby while the baby won't feed right, won't eat right because it's been in an incubator. It was a time of deep suffering. Well, the only thing worse than going through deep suffering is going through deep suffering and not learning something from it. So we said, Lord, what are you trying to teach us? And the main lesson that we came away from that experience is this. Your children belong to the Lord. So we just dedicated our children to the Lord. From, from that moment forward, our children belong to the Lord. And so we benefited from that time of suffering. And I want to challenge you, maybe you have some unexpected circumstances come into your life. You know, I had to miss Thanksgiving because of COVID. Well, I didn't miss the food. People brought me Thanksgiving food. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm the heaviest I've been in 10 years. I mean, I'm telling you. And so, uh, so, so but, but I missed the fellowship. We missed Thanksgiving. I know, I know we're coming into Christmas and right now, you guys know what the risk is, right? You get exposed, you go into a quarantine and there you have it. And so I get that. I understand it. And so, um, so, so, you know, this is a time of unexpected things happening in our life. But I want to challenge you. God wants to reveal his faith to you. He wants you to go through your circumstances with faith, not just your faith, but with the gift of faith. He wants to strengthen you with faith from his word. He wants to strengthen you with faith from other people. I mean, whenever my wife and I, I told you the story last week, whenever we got COVID, I didn't waste a New York minute. I said, get me on a prayer team, get me on a compassion team and line me up for food. I mean, I'm just, you know, we just did. And so, uh, I, I, you know, because I recognized that people were going to be sources of faith for me. And so we connected in that way. And I want to encourage you, you know, you may be going through some unexpected circumstances in your life right now. I want to speak to the live stream. You may be going through unexpected circumstances in your life. God wants to give you Emmanuel kind of faith that God is with you. And I want to say this again before we go on to the last point that I've said so many times. You can get so sick that you lose the ability to connect with the Spirit and you can get so sick you lose the ability to connect to the Word. But you can't get so sick that you lose the ability to connect with people. That's why you need people. 
because they're carriers of the Spirit and the Word. A person actually has the ability to speak into your spirit even if you're in a coma. Come on now. And so you can't get too sick for people to connect to your spirit and give you that gift of faith. So it's suffering before success. Are you ready? This is the way. That's pretty good. I, I, you guys are getting better. I feel like we've got some Mandalorians forming in our, in our place here. All right, let's go to verse 19. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man. Would you say he was a just man? And he was unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. What do we learn from this? It's justice before ease. This is the way. See, Joseph was a man of justice. I like that the Scripture says he was a just man. Now, I think this means something different than we do. I think the biblical definition of justice is different than how we often think about justice, especially in this area. I believe that justice in the biblical form means I'm committed to do the right thing while having mercy on people that are doing the wrong thing, at least according to my opinion. That's how Joseph, he was a just man. So Mary, he's like, well, Mary blew it. So he was going to put her away quietly. He was going to have mercy on her. Now, what would have been the easy thing for Joseph to do? The easy way to protect his reputation would have been to publicly shame her and give her to the local Pharisees, the local synagogue, and the local judging people, and by the way, maybe stone her. And he would have been clean, done, and washed his hands of that situation, and moved on. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the Scripture says he was a just man, which means he had a heart of compassion that wanted to do the right thing. A heart of compassion. It takes faith and compassion working together. I feel like that American Christianity has almost totally missed this thing in our current era. We seem to be filled with a you're finally going to get yours mentality. I'm not sure, you know, how that got into us, but we seem to be uh, filled with it. Let me tell you a little story and then... Um, then I'm going to give a couple of things that I feel like that the Lord's laid on my heart for us this morning and um, that, that, will, that will help us repent from that kind of a mentality. Um, I'm reminded of when I was a young dad and I had this daughter that just loved to talk. I had this daughter that loves to talk, but when she was younger, she really loved to talk. She had learned the ability to talk without breathing. It's, an, it's a miracle. It's, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. And uh, I'll never forget the time that she's, her mouth is just going like this. She's talking right now. She might be watching me on the live stream. I don't know. But she was just talking and talking and talking. And, of course, I'm late where I need to go. And I'm trying to get a little food. And so I opened the refrigerator up. And while she's sitting there talking to me, telling her her story, she's never taken a breath, going on and on. I open the refrigerator, I'm in a rush, and I open the refrigerator up, and I pull out the butter to put it on some toast, and, 
as Murphy's Law would have it, praise the Lord, that butter fell out of the refrigerator, and as Murphy's Law would have it, because I'm late, the lid came off, amen, this is getting better all the time, and then it fell upside down, praise the Lord, and then butter just went everywhere, and I'm late, and my daughter never misses a beat. <laughs> of course, she doesn't understand being late. And she doesn't understand the pressure I'm feeling that there's butter on the floor and I've got somewhere I've got to go and I'm hungry. She doesn't understand any of that pressure. But out of my frustration, I remember looking at her saying, Natalie, can you not see that there's butter all over the floor and it's a mess and I'm late? And, and, and that, that stopped her mouth. And of course, she starts tearing up, you know, crying, you know, all this, you know. And no more did I do that than the Holy Spirit fell on me and convicted me and said, you know, this isn't her fault. So I repented of my sin and I went over there and left the butter on the floor, hugged her neck and I said, I'm so sorry. You know, it's not your fault. The butter's all over the floor. Would you please forgive me? Yeah. So she forgave me. I went and cleaned up the butter. Didn't eat. Was late to my appointment. Went on. Now, why do I tell that story? It's justice before ease. And that means that compassion is a key thing that we got to learn here. All right. Now it's time for some, some, some practical application of, of what I, I believe is, is, is compassion for our era as we're in, you know, kind of the eye of the hurricane right now with society and what's going on. Now, just to, just to kind of tell you where I think we're at, is I think we're in the eye of the storm. Uh, and, uh, but this hurricane won't last forever, but it is going to make a mess. And there's going to be a lot of cleanup. The only question is, are you one of the ones making the mess? Or are you, you know, going to be available to help with the cleanup when it's over? So let me challenge some of you with lessons that the Holy Spirit has been teaching me because I see a lot of people sinning and I see a lot of people transgressing of late. And you know, when you sin and you transgress, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I value my relationship with the Holy Spirit enough that when I sin or transgress, I repent and get back on the right side of the line. And some of you, I feel like, need to do the same thing. I feel like some of you on the live stream need to do the same thing. COVID and everything associated with it, the politics, the masks, everything associated with it, even the science, feels a bit like being asked to turn around like this and I have a dart and my job is to throw the dart and hit a bullseye that is about 100 feet back there. So here, here this is how we're going to do church. I'm going I'm to take, take the the dart, and I'm going to throw it. Praise the Lord, I just hit the bullseye. And people get upset about decisions we make in church. I'm like, we're throwing a dart with our back turned like this. And then, masks or no masks. Well, that's about like taking that dart and believing I'm going to hit the bullseye with this thing. Immunization or no immunization, same thing. Politics, same thing. 
And so leaders are charged with trying to take these shots and, and hit the bullseye. And you know what? If there's one thing you learn is that when you're in that position, try not to get arrogant about it. Try not to say, oh, I've got the answer. I can hit the bullseye. Just watch this. Because odds are we're going to miss it. And boy, have we been missing it. I mean, I'm just, I'm seeing people miss it all over the place, and it's time to repent. Because I would very much like everyone here and everyone on the live stream to be a part of the cleanup when this hurricane's over. So let me tell you where I see us missing it. This is the way. Oh, yeah, it's about to come on. Should we be wearing masks or not wearing masks? If you've got an opinion, you're sinning and you're transgression. It's time to repent and get back on the right side of the line. You see, I've mingled enough with enough variety of people. Now, because we are in very close proximity to the city, we chose to go with a mask culture. All right? So that's, that's cool. That's worked fine for us. But I recognize that people that are coming from out in the country, this is a big cross to wear a mask. You know why it is, is that in their culture, they're non-masking. But we're all going to humble ourselves and go to the cross together. This is the way. I challenge you right now to repent of your opinion about masks. If you've got an opinion about whether we should be wearing masks or not masks, you're showing your belly button and thinking you're going to get somebody converted to Jesus Christ by doing it. Cover it up. Your belly button's not pretty. It's probably got lint in it. You know you haven't washed there lately. And get over it and ask the Holy Spirit how you can help people during this time. Now, you might also have an opinion about politics. Get over it. You know how I know we've got these problems. Now, you know, I've just learned that if I will listen to people, God will give me an opportunity. I had... I had a, a plane ride home, uh, and uh, I'm sitting next to this guy, and I'm reading my book, and I'm, I'm, I need to be reading my book. And the guy notices what book I'm reading, and he wants to start a conversation about it. And um, it was good. Conversation gets going, but you know how conversations evolve. He starts going into politics and everything else. And really what I'm wanting to read is my book. But the Holy Spirit began to inspire me. Hey, Ben, this conversation is very naturally funneling down to an opportunity for you to share with him how to get saved. And I'm telling the Lord, I want to read my book. (laughs) And so in order to let that conversation naturally spiral, I had to endure his political views, his views on science, his views on masks, most of which I disagreed with. And I just let it spiral, choosing not to insert my opinion anywhere in there. You know why? 
because I could see it naturally spiraling into the one thing that I do have a conviction about. His name is Jesus. So I just let that thing spiral, let him get it all out, let it spiral on down. And it was as if the guy was begging me to tell him about Jesus before it was over. I wonder what would have happened if I had chosen to debate his, all of his belly button opinions. Most of you know about a, a recent incident that happened here locally um, where there's a picture circulating all over Facebook and the news about a large gathering of people without masks. I didn't know about it. Somebody had to show me. I just, I've been too busy um, praying for people that are either COVID positive or trying not to get COVID and ministering to them. I don't have a lot of time for that. But someone told me about it. And uh, I know it's, it's gone viral. I understand it. I want to challenge you to repent. Some of those people believe that the answer to this thing is herd immunity, and they're acting according to their convictions. Can you honor them for that? Stop sharing it. Stop commenting on it. Come on, it's time to repent to get the Holy Spirit back. You're sinning. Let's stop sinning and let's lay down our opinions so that we can gain the opportunity to share Christ with people. Oh yeah, I'm talking to us. We've been sinning way too much in this church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those vessels, uh, of those fallen vessels of the Holy Spirit that gets purified that the Holy Spirit can flow through. And in, in order to be one of those vessels, I have to continually check my attitudes about these things. Now, some of you might be the very opposite. You're judging. But cracks me up. Most pastors of the, pa the, the conference we just came from, you know, their churches are half and half, meaning half of them are masked or half of them are not masked. It cracks me up. But they said the main problem we've got is the masked people are judging the non-masked people and the non-masked people are judging the masked people. And you know what happens when everybody's judging everybody? Now, I want to tell you, this hurricane is not going to pass and this all be over. You know why? There's another whole thing about whether the immunization people and the non-immunization people. It's coming. And God's going to let this stuff go on until we learn to humble ourselves and honor one another. Honor. I can honor you if you have a different belly button than me. Praise the Lord. That's okay. I can honor you. Oh, boy. It's justice before ease. This is the way. Uh, I still got some people with me. That's good. Okay. Matthew chapter 120, it goes on. The story says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, the lesson we learn here is prayer before decisions. And I want to strongly encourage this. When the Scripture says that Joseph considered what to do. What that means is he was not a man of haste. He thought about it. He considered it. He prayed over it. And that's what I want to encourage us to do today is pray, consider, and think. 
before we make decisions about what we should or should not do, especially in this current environment. And so Joseph was praying over this matter. He's considering it. And because he was considering it, the Lord sent an angel to appear to him. Now, just imagine if if Joseph hadn't taken time to pray over it before he made a decision. Bad decisions are often made when we don't take time to seek the Lord first. And there's so much application that we can draw from here. We'll get into those in just a minute, but I want to look at what happened because he did pray. In verse 21, She shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, I want you to imagine if you're Joseph, okay? And you're thinking about what you're going to do with this gal you've been engaged to, and she's now pregnant outside of wedlock, and you're considering it, and God is offering to put Jesus in your care so you can raise him. But if you didn't take time to pray about it, what would have happened? You'd have missed the entire thing. You guys know that people are missing the entire thing. If you take time to pray, what will happen is it'll soften your heart. And then God will begin to show you his viewpoint, what he's doing. You guys know God's doing something in every circumstance. Every single one. I want to challenge you right now. I want to challenge you if you're here. I want to challenge you if you're on the live stream. Have you prayed about the decisions you're making? You should be. There are some people that should be praying about um, putting further restrictions on their lives during this hurricane. Meaning less exposure. That's where our at-risk group, we're going for no exposure. They can, they can have fellowship with no exposure. There are some people that you should be increasing your risk of exposure. How do you know? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. Does God want you in a house church? Pray over it. Maybe that's your solution during this time. We've got a house church meeting right now. That's their solution during this time. Ours meets on Wednesday. And so we're continuing to have House church, we believe that, by the way, we have seen some miracles. I, I, I got a miracle from our house church just this past week. Come on now. And so you need to pray over that. If you pray, I mean, you guys know it, 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 it's such a difficult thing. These days, man, I got exposed. You guys know the next storm that's coming, quarantine or no quarantine. Come on, cover up your belly button on the, on the matter. Don't show us the length that's in your belly button on that issue. I don't want to see it. Quarantine or no quarantine. Oh, I'm really messing with some people. I'm trying to clean the lint right out of your belly button. I've got a water pick I'm spraying in there right now. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So I was dealing with the man that I said, I I actually went up to him and I said, hey, uh, he was kind of in a sticky wicket. And I said, I got two words of prophecy for you. He had been exposed. Uh, I've got a word of prophecy about not getting COVID, and I got a word of prophecy about getting COVID and getting immune. Which one do you want? <laughs> he said, Well, he said, I'd rather take the one right now that is uh, not getting it because um, Christmas is here and I've got elderly in town. So when I go back home, it's a real problem. I said, All right, let's go with that one. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him, not COVID. 
And so uh, we're going to pray that over your Lord. Bless him with the angel of the Lord that protects his health, that he won't get COVID. So I texted him this morning. I said, how you doing? He said, I, first test is negative. I'm waiting for test number two before I can get back and interact again. Okay. So I'm saying he's getting his miracle. Praise the Lord. So what we want to do is we want to seek the Lord and get his wisdom. His wisdom is so much better than ours. And in verse 22 and 23 all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. If we will pray, God will give us his viewpoint on these things. Prayer before decisions, this is the way. Oh, yeah, I like it. All right, let's go to the last one. It's verse 24 and verse 25. When Joseph woke from his sleep. Now, how do you like this? All this was revealed to him in his dreams. Now, how many of you trust your dreams? <laughs> I really struggle in this area. I'm not <laughs> but this is the way that God directed Joseph. Now, you're talking about having to humble yourself, by the way. Talk about humbling. Now, Mary, she didn't have no dream. You know, she got an angel. By the way, all indications are she got a top angel. She got a head angel. She got an all that angel. <laughs> Poor old Joseph, he gets a dream. So God is appearing to him in dreams saying, oh yeah, this child's from the Holy Spirit. Take her as your wife. Oh, you've got you to make that decision on a dream. <laughs> now, the word Emmanuel would have had deep meaning to him. And that would be one way that God was confirming to him this is a meaningful dream because Joseph knew his history that Emmanuel was an amazing prophecy that brought about this king named Hezekiah that changed everything for Israel. So when God's saying it's Emmanuel, again, that had deep meaning. So in Joseph's case, he understood that immediately meant, oh, I'm being called to raise the next Emmanuel. That's huge. So he received that in a dream. He received all, all this direction about going to Egypt in a dream. He was, that was the way God spoke to Joseph. Oftentimes, God speaks to us in ways that humble us most. If you're a person that wants to hear directly from the Word, God will humble you and make you hear from the Holy Spirit. It's His way. If you're a person that likes to hear from the Holy Spirit, God will often humble you and make you hear from the Word. If you're a person that likes to hear from the Spirit and the Word, God will humble you to where you got to hear it from people or you're not going to get it. And if you're a person that just, Pastor, just tell me what to do, God will humble you where you're going to have to learn to hear from the Holy Spirit and the Word. It's His way because humility is the secret. So he awoke from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. It's action before it's too late. This is the way. Action before it's too late. Joseph had committed himself to the action to follow through with what the Lord was saying to him. This is the way. It changed everything. It changed the entire course of history, I believe with all my heart 
This hurricane is going through and it's passing. And when it passes, there's going to be a massive wreckage in people's lives. Relationships are being wrecked. Churches are being wrecked. Politics are being wrecked. I'm talking about there is going to be this wreckage. But if we will commit ourselves to action, we will get to be the cleanup crew with lots of opportunity from it. How many of you are excited about being the cleanup crew? Yeah, we're going to get that opportunity. This is the way. Would you go ahead and stand? God blesses movement. God blesses action. I want to ask you, what action is God asking you to take today? Would you just close your eyes for just a moment as you consider what action is God asking me to take this morning? Some of you, the main action is you need to repent from what I've told you you need to repent of. You've been showing your belly button too much and you need to repent. By the way, if you showed your belly button publicly, repent publicly. You'll do better that way. Come on now. So go ahead and repent and commit to that action and the Holy Spirit will come back into your life and He'll bless you with His joy, His peace, and His viewpoint and His vision on your life. And that's the key action you need to take. Others of you, what is God asking you to do today? Is God asking you to get in a house church? Is God asking you to get in our, um, to get in our at-risk group? Is God asking you, what, what action is he, take, is he asking you to take? I believe everybody ought to commit, be, be committed to others at least in a small group. What action is God asking you to take? We have a special Christmas service next weekend. Is God asking you to invite people during that time? What action is he asking you to take? Is he asking you to get involved praying for someone that might have COVID, has been quarantined, that has COVID, is relating to COVID in some way? Is he, I mean, I just felt like early on the Lord was asking me, you go aggressive then, touch that leprosy, touch it, heal it, touch it, heal it. And I've been touching that leprosy and healing it ever since. What action is he asking you to take? I figure it's easy to pray so I can take on a pretty heavy load of people I need to be praying for over COVID issues that's an action the Lord is asking me to take and I've been acting if you'll follow through you'll be like Joseph this is the way Brandon let's sing as we just soak in the Lord let the Holy Spirit move on our hearts for just a minute